Minutes of the Money Minutes. Today, an analysis of the stock market in the wake of company profit reports over the past month. Just how have they fared? Thanks for joining me on the Money Minutes for another episode. And we're coming right now towards the end of this profit reporting season. Broadly, it has been significantly better for most companies than what have been anticipated. Now, sure, there's been plenty that have either cut dividends or trimmed dividends that have maybe reported profits or losses that have been significant. Uh, It seems to me that a lot of companies have also taken uh, the opportunity of the coronavirus and maybe subdued trading conditions to write off the value of assets that they might have purchased or had on the books that have been overvalued. But the interesting side of it also is that many chief executives have been very reluctant to give any forecast as to what their business might look like in the future. But what is quite clear is that business right now is starting to look beyond the coronavirus, through the coronavirus. It's almost as though in many ways, people believe that the vaccines are right around the corner. And as a result of that, business will get back to some form of normal. There's no doubt that here and in the United States, that investors think this because you can see in the US uh, record levels. One other aspect of this is also about the way in which the Federal Reserve and the US government have behaved. There's been additional stimulus packages. There is the presidential election campaign that's on. And if Joe Biden does win, I just wonder what the reaction of the stock markets will be. But Jerome Powell, Jay Powell, who was the chairman of the US Federal Reserve, has been out in the past day just talking about the fact that he would like to see the US get more inflation up and going. In other words, for prices to start to rise, for demand to start to improve. And of course, that's a big thing when everything has been so flat for so long. Anyway, here's a little of what Jay Powell had to say in the past day. Our new statement indicates that we will seek to achieve inflation that averages 2% over time. Therefore, Following periods when inflation has running below 2%, appropriate monetary policy will likely aim to achieve inflation moderately above 2% for some time. So that's Jerome Powell, but then we come locally. Let's go to Chris Stott, uh, who is the Chief Investment Officer and Portfolio Manager of 1851 Capital. Uh, Chris, uh, many thanks for your time. Good to be with you, Ross. I just want to go to one thing, 1851 Capital, uh, been named after the year that gold rushes started in Australia. Am I right in saying that? It was a year in Australian history. It yeah, commenced a period of wealth and prosperity. You had the gold rushes kick off, the Eureka Stockade. Uh, so it was certainly a, an important year in Australian history. And um, yeah, I think a, a good one for us to have as the name of the business. The first game of state cricket was also played in 1851. Tasmania played Victoria. Uh, Edward Hargraves found gold in Bathurst. Uh, subsequently, then James Edmund Esmond found gold in Clunes in Victoria, and subsequently there was gold also found around Ballarat. And as you point out, that was it. So that was the really, from your point of view, that was the the motivation for the uh, for the name of the fund. Also, to keep it quite simple and uh, to have a number in the name, we thought that was you know creates quite a bit of simplicity. So uh, for us, that was the that's one of the motivating drivers for us is just to try and. Um, stick to our need and keep things quite simple. All right, okay. Is the economy and the stock market simple right now from your from your point of view? No, Ross, it's never simple. Um, it's, it's fascinating at the moment. We just concluded, we're about to conclude the uh, 
semi-annual reporting season, um, which has been a, a fascinating time as always, but certainly a lot of companies um, fessing up, you know, a lot of bad uh, goodwill write-offs um, post the coronavirus, dividend cuts, earnings being cut going forward, although the share market continues to, um, to, continues to power higher. So it's a, it's a fascinating scenario we've got right now. Okay, so I've just uh, had a quick look. The stock market during the period of these company reports is up by 3%, notwithstanding the fact that we've had some suggestions that Australia is starting to, if you like, gear itself up for any possible uh, vaccine that might come on the horizon. We also know that the JobKeeper allowance has been extended, and any time that government's pouring more money in, stock markets tend to go pretty well. But I sort of sit there and think that really when you go and have a look at the the companies themselves and their forward-looking statements, that's really where the, the rub of the future of the stock market and corporate Australia is going to be. Look, absolutely, Ross. And I think a lack of forward-looking statements has been one clear standout for us this reporting season, generally the results are known and pre-guided to these days with continuous disclosure. So it's all about the outlook statements. And for a lot of companies, and fair enough too, they've been quite guarded and uh, in terms of providing any guidance at all. Uh, in fact, one of the key things has been, look, we'll provide an update at the AGM. As, and they understand that given that things are so dynamic um, with the coronavirus at the moment and, and, and how that's evolving. So I think uh, the AGM season this year will certainly be a very, very busy time. Uh, for a lot of um, money managers like ourselves, looking looking at um, companies providing trading updates. Okay, but then we go to some broad themes. Uh, it seems a lot of technology companies um, have really excited the market, there's no doubt, and you look at Afterpay as a classic example of that. Uh, but there's a number of others in that buy now, pay later space as well. Um, you've had chip makers and, and other companies that are involved um, in, in that sort of space that also have done quite brilliantly. I'm thinking of Altium here, uh, but there's a number of others that have really done very well. Um, and then you've got others in the travel industry, the tourism industry, uh, who have clearly lagged, and also the banks. Uh, but even the banks themselves haven't been that bad, considering the potential bad and doubtful debts that might be in the future for them. That's right. And one key thing that a lot of investors have been looking for at the moment is what they call the reopening trade. So stocks that will benefit from the reopening of the economy. And one sector in particular, the travel sector, I think has been a standout this reporting season, corporate travel management. Its shares are up 80% um, over this month of August on the back of a, a strong result. Our flight center has certainly been a good performer. So investors and companies, as you say earlier, Ross, are looking forward over the next 12 to 18 months on the hope that we this Oxford vaccine is successful over the coming months. And certainly what does the economy look like in 12 or 18 months' time? And um, one other sector that's been incredibly strong has been the retail sector. And I think it, uh, re- reporting record profits. JB Hi-Fi reporting 44% like-for-like sales, levels we haven't seen since the uh, post-GFC uh, levels where Kevin Rudd $900 checks went out to, to, um, to consumers. So it's certainly... Retail has been running hot. We've seen people uh, taking money out of superannuation accounts, buying motorcycles, buying cars. You know, listed uh, motorcycle dealers own a motorcycle holdings reported its result today. Um, it reported an all-time record result. Saw ex- acceleration in sales, significant acceleration in sales in May, June, and into July and August. They've said as well, and announced a five cents special dividend. At the same time, they received six or seven million dollars JobKeeper allowance. So that's been also a conundrum for companies as well is that the ones that were down 
substantially in that March month in particular and qualified for JobKeeper that are still receiving JobKeeper until September. And in a lot of cases, there's been um, question marks around whether companies should actually hold on to that money as opposed to uh, maybe perhaps give it back to the government. But you've, you've seen a lot of it coming flowing back to shareholders in the form of fully frank dividend. See, don't you find this rather odd? Because clearly companies that qualified for JobKeeper had seen their... Uh, their revenues drop significantly to be able to qualify. Um, and, and as a result, they were able to effectively subsidise their employees' um, wages rather than putting off the employees during that time. Uh, but what you've got now is a situation quite clearly that the, the fear was originally that many of these companies, especially in the, the travel and the tourism and the hospitality sector, would disappear altogether. Um, but now, as a result of, if you like, the, the government... Uh, quarantining directors and allowing them to trade their businesses, even if they are insolvent, technically, um, that what happens is that you've got a, a situation whereby a lot of these companies are, appear to be hanging in there somehow. Look, that's right. And don't get me wrong, the JobKeeper legislation was critical at the time, and it still is. And in fact, it's probably going to go down as one of the most important pieces, pieces of legislation in Australia's history, in our opinion. So uh, there's no doubt that it's it's necessary. And we knew there'd be a second wave and we're going through at the moment. So um, it's critical. There would have been, you know, hundreds of businesses and thousands more unemployed than what we've got today if it wasn't for JobKeeper. So a key theme as well from reporting season has been a lot of companies calling that out. As, and when the JobKeeper payments um, revised down, get revised down post 30 September, um, the superannuation drawdowns, they cease at the end of this calendar year. So there's a lot of companies looking forward um, over the next six to 12 months and saying, particularly in that retail sector, saying, well, yes, we're reporting record profits at the moment. Sure, some of that's been led by the stimulus money in the in the economy, but we just don't know what it looks like in six or nine months' time once that stimulus money runs out. So that will be a really pivotal time for the Australian economy. And is that something you're at all concerned about right now, is what the state of the markets and the state of the economy looks like in that nine to 12 months' time? Because it seems that while many companies and investors are looking through the coronavirus now, looking to the better times, uh, it's almost as though they haven't really maybe accepted the, the difficult trading periods that many of these companies have had. Because as you point out, there's a lot of companies right now in Australia that are close to all-time record highs. Look, that's right, Ross. And as we know, the share market's a good lead indicator of the economy. Normally six to nine months ahead of the economy. Um, and it's proven to be the case again this time around. And so we've been discussing that every day is just the, the incredible strength of the market. In fact, we're, we're of the view now that it feels as though that global markets are now pricing in it that we will get a successful vaccine over the next six months, which will certainly, you know, buoy uh, global, the global economy and give people more, more importantly, the certainty um, to an extent as to um, you know, what the world looks like post COVID-19. So, um, I think that will be that there's two critical things that we're watching for over the next six months. That's the first one, whether these vaccines, uh, whether the results are going to come through, whether they've been successful or not will be key. But secondly, the US election in early November, um, so Biden v. Trump will be obviously a pivotal moment in time for global equity markets. And certainly Biden is favourite at the moment, a slight favourite, but um, we're not writing off Trump just yet, given he was certainly behind in the polls, as we know back in 2016 and got across the line. Okay, does it make any difference as to who wins to the equity markets, whether it's Biden or Trump? Well, I think it does. Uh, yeah, certainly um, Biden has already talked about winding back uh, 
the company tax cuts that were initiated by Trump over in the US. So that would be certainly a negative for for the US economy. And I, um, I think for generally Trump is more pro pro the economy, pro economic growth. So um, yeah, I think that uh, certainly a, a Trump uh, Trump being re-elected as president would be more positive for equity markets than uh, say a Biden. Being, being elected. So that, that will be a key moment in time, um, as it always is um, for the election cycle. And is it a case right now for, you've mentioned those two key pivotal moments that are out there, but what about the themes? Because one of the issues, to me at least anyway, is that Australians who have got the JobKeeper or got their $25,000 out of their super have not necessarily been able to go away and travel overseas this year. They haven't been able to go to Bali. They haven't been able to go to Fiji, wherever it might have been. New Zealand and other places, say, for example. Instead, what a lot of people have decided to do is to spend the money at home if they're able to. In Victoria, of course, they're not able to really get out and spend the money in any way, shape or form right now. But in other parts of the country, it seems as though domestic travel, spending close to your home, has been the way in which people have responded to coronavirus and to the the new way in which they're being forced to live. Absolutely, Ross, and uh, certainly accelerated a couple of key themes through this lockdown period. One's been the rise of online uh, retail. Um, and so the share price of Kogan um, going from $3 to over $20 in the space of five or six months. Uh, they've, they've been an exceptional performer. Online um, homewares retailer, Temple and Webster, have been a clear beneficiary of the lockdown. Share price fell to below $2 in March and now it's above $8. So those, type, those pure play online retailers have certainly been the big winners through this pandemic period. Um, as you say, well, if we're looking forward over the next 12 to 18 months, if you assume that consumers um, are still unable to travel, uh, whether it's interstate or globally, um, the domestic, the companies that are exposed to the domestic, uh, I guess, intrastate economy, are, I think are certainly ones that are going to be the big winners over the next 12 months. So companies like ARB Corporation is one that we own in our fund at 1851 Capital. Um, it's one of our top five holdings. You know, they do the full bars, tow bars for your car. So I think there's going to be a lot of... Uh, you know, intrastate travel activity over the next six to 12 months. So certainly they're right at the top of the list in terms of companies that are big beneficiaries uh, of this. So, and, and also the uh, the car, the listed car dealerships as well. We've had a very, very strong period in the last few months um, driven by, then there's also just generally anecdotally, a lot of feedback we're receiving is consumers have generally had one car in their family and now a second car, um, given they don't want to travel on public transport at the moment, they're, they're happy to, to commute around in a car to be mobile. So that's been a, another key theme. And used car prices are as strong as they've been in a decade as a result. So it's, there's actually a shortage of used cars out in Australia at the moment, driven by people particularly dipping into their super, um, taking their $20,000 out of super and uh, going looking to buy either a new car or in most cases a used car. Okay, just a, a final one for you. And that is, um, given the fact that markets in, in the US are, are close to record highs, here again, there's been a significant recovery. But does that mean that there is commensurate risk uh, in those markets as a result of those significant gains? What I I think a lot of investors might be worried about is that there's a second significant and dramatic fall in stock markets. Uh, It seems as though maybe those risks are starting to to disappear a little in people's minds. But of course, you're always very conscious, given the fact that we've seen one big fall and we haven't recovered from the coronavirus, that there could be something else out there if certainly things get too high. Yes, there could be. And um, that, that's certainly always the case 
with the market, in fact, you know, the S&P 500 now trading well above its pre-COVID levels, whereas in Australia, we're still about 10% off our highs. So that's really been driven by the uh, the tech sector. But as we were saying earlier, Ross, I think the uh, the vaccine trial results will be key. It, it does feel as though that a successful vaccine is being priced into markets at the moment. So that could be potentially one event that could see markets trade lower in the, in the event that we don't or we have negative uh, trial results from a lot of these uh, lead drugs that are out there at the moment. Um, but uh, generally, um, we're quite bullish on the market. We think with record low interest rates, um, typically you want to be buying the share market when there's fear around and there's still a lack of belief around this rally. Um, we're clearly now recommenced the bull market and we've been in it for four or five months now. Um, so that's generally the time you want to be putting money to work in, in the share market. Um, so we think that with record low interest rates and hopefully a successful vaccine over the next couple of years, that, that, that all sets up well for the global backdrop. And let's remember, going back at the start of this calendar year, that the, the global economy was in fantastic shape. Um, and uh, so certainly uh, the, the groundwork has been laid, we think, for, uh, for quite a, a strong period um, in share market for the next three to five years. Chris Dott is the Chief Investment Officer and the Portfolio Manager with 1851 Capital, uh, which has uh, been created really just as the coronavirus uh, sort of pandemic hit and obviously the shock in the stock markets. It's always good to have a chat with Chris about these things across all of the companies uh, that have been reporting over these past weeks. Uh, So Chris, I appreciate your time here on the podcast today. Pleasure, Ross. Thanks for having me. So now you've just got to figure out. So that's it for the Money Minutes for this week and indeed for this profit reporting period. You've just got to work out now how to read the tea leaves as to whether you're still super-duper defensive and you do see more economic hurt coming, which, to be honest, I sit in that camp. Or whether, in fact, you think it's off to the races and this time it's different. I always get worried when I hear those words, I must admit. Anyway, in the meantime, we look forward to your feedback and indeed any responses you've got as a result of our podcasts. I'm Ross Greenwood and these are the Money Minutes.